Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to Generations Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hello, everybody. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder at Generations Church. And with me today, as always, is my friend and pastor, Jeff Luddington, lead pastor at Generations Church. How are you doing today, Jeff? I am well this morning. A little tired, a little, uh, little groggy, but I think, uh, I think we're going to live. I, uh, nice. Yeah, yesterday you puppy. did your first, first outdoor service. Yeah, man. We did. So we did online and outdoors. Um, and uh, it is, uh, this morning, it was 85% humidity. Yesterday, it was something like that. And uh, mental note for next week, I'm bringing a towel. And so I was perspiring <laughs> so hard, you could see it coming off of me. So yeah, um, nobody podcasting right now wants to hear that. But yeah, it was uh, hot and muggy, but it was great, man. It's good to have everybody here. Uh, the folks that showed up were great. Um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'm, I'm groggy and sleepy. We got a puppy. I don't know if I told you that, but uh, we, uh, for most people that know me, um, I've rescued pit bulls and adopted pit bulls that had no homes and things like that. And we got a puppy. And so I have a hundred pound male. I have an 85 pound female. They don't like other dogs necessarily. And uh, now there's a new terror puppy pit bull uh, who is uh, like pocket size, right? And, uh, and young and too dumb to know that they'll kill her. And so she nips at them and bites at them. So yeah. All that to say, good to be here and doing a podcast. And then uh, if today weren't so crazy busy, I'd just go back to bed. Nice. <laughs> now that the dog's going to let you go back to bed. See, there are consequences for doing the right thing sometimes, man. There are, man. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, if you're joining us, man, and you're listening, this is not a podcast about pit bulls, dogs, or sleep. So um, <laughs> this is uh, it's our Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude podcast working through the, the Heidelberg Catechism is... As Rob said, uh, we are working through a 450-year-old way of training Christians that is not often done today. Uh, it's kind of a lost art, and we are using it for podcast themes. And so the Heidelberg was written 450 years ago to train Christians, as I said. It's broken up into 52 weeks, what we're calling episodes. And so episode today is 44, Lord's Day 44, if you're a fan of the Catechism. And a catechism was a way of training people through questions and answers, memorizing questions and answers. And so we are at Lord's Day 44 in the final of the Ten Commandments. And um, the Tenth Commandment, Exodus 20:17, is you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. And so the idea here, short form, is you should not covet. And so I'm going to ask the question and Rob's going to answer it. We're going to talk about some modern themes and connections to it. Ready, Rob? Got your vocal cords all warmed up? All right, buddy. I'm set. What is the aim of the 10th commandment? That not even the slightest desire or thought contrary to any one of God's commandments should ever arise in our hearts. Rather, with all our hearts, we should always hate sin and take pleasure in whatever is right. As Rob and I were talking before we did this podcast, um, the questions and answers of Lord's Day 45 or our, I'm 44, excuse me, our episode 44, 
um, they don't really directly deal with coveting. The first one flirts with it a bit. Uh, the second two don't. So we're going to do them in a separate podcast episode. And today we want to focus on coveting. It's not a word we use a ton uh, nowadays, um, but coveting is simply uh, wanting what someone else has. A, a common thing probably if few years back was uh, keeping up with the Joneses, right? Probably today, it's keeping up with the Kardashians. But uh, that's probably a story for another day. But it's that desire of, hey, my neighbor got a new car, I want a new car. And I'll just uh, readily admit, this has been an area I've struggled in the past. And I feel like I'm doing a ton better today. Um, But I'll give you my biggest struggle. And when I, uh, I'm an Apple guy, so Apple computer, Apple phone. um, And Uh, I really enjoy technology in a sense. And uh, when something new comes out, I buy in. Man, uh, Apple marketing uh, had me for sure, hook, line, and sinker. And so I would have a perfectly good phone and they would do the release. And uh, I think they do the releases in September. It's coming up pretty soon. They tell you about the new phone that was coming out or the new iPad that was coming out or the new MacBook that was coming out or whatever it was. And I couldn't wait to get it. And the now bear in mind, the phone I had was perfectly good. And the camera on the phone and the speed of the phone and the, everything I had was perfectly good. It worked great. But I couldn't wait. In fact, I've been that guy who uh, stays up and does the midnight order on the release date. And so just admittedly, um, God convicted me of this, that I was coveting. That uh, I couldn't, I couldn't be the guy who someone else had the new cool phone and I had last year's phone, and that's going to sound really dumb. Sounds really dumb coming out of my mouth, but um, I did that, man. I didn't keep cars for very long. Uh, thank God, man. I was smart enough, and literally, thank God, man. I stayed with the same wife for a long time. But this can get built inside of you where you need something newer and better. And it and, and unchecked, it can damage a marriage, it can damage, you know, I mean, your finances, anything. Anyhow, so I'm just going to admit, if you had asked me this, or if you'd talked to me about this 10 years ago, I would have been mid-struggle. And today, um, man, I could tell you that that led me to all kinds of other sins. Coveting led to a, a great example, buying things on credit, buying things I couldn't afford, led me to be in debt. And uh, man... This is a uh, an overlooked sin for me. I think this is a this is a big one. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I think when I first read this, um, one of my the verses that popped up, the things I started looking up, First um, Timothy six, starting in verse six. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we are, we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we be content. Um, those who desire to be rich, fall into temptation, into a snare, and it goes on from there. Uh, for me, it, it's never really been about possessions, about money. I'm not the guy that needs the newest phone. Um, I will buy an iPhone and then I will keep it way past its usefulness. <laughs> um, I keep my cars forever until I get them all paid off. Uh, I've never really worried about that. Um, but it seems like my focus is on looking at other people and saying, why can't I be like them? Um, you know, I remember I've talked to students about this and the struggle that some students have, and I've kind of struggled with this too, is they study really hard for a test. They get a B, the kid next to them brags about the fact I didn't even study and I got a hundred percent. And just that, yeah. I want to be 
what they have. I want that ability. I, I hear people speak in public and say, man, I wish I could speak like them, or I wish I was organized like they are. And I think for me, that's, that's one of them. And I think I, I really was helped with this when I, when I realized that my focus was in the wrong place. When I focus on what I have or don't have here on this, this planet in my life yeah. today, it's, it leads to frustration. It leads to discontentment. Um, I, I love the, the quote, and I know you've used this in sermons. I used to use this in my youth group all the time. We talked about mm-hmm. um, contentment. John Rockefeller, when he was asked, you know, the, the multimillionaire, um, and when he was asked how much money is enough, and he said just a little bit more. And we think, yeah. man, that's it's ridiculous that a, somebody that rich would want more. But then I think about how rich I am spiritually, that I have everything I could possibly want spiritually. You know, how ridiculous is it that I want more in this life? Um, material things, talents, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. You know, you, uh, you said something we didn't really talk about uh, ahead of time, but uh, spiritual gifting I'm sorry. is an didn't interesting one. <laughs> oh, you threw me a curveball now. I don't know, man. But no, so spiritual gifting. Uh, it's funny, man. You'll find uh, somebody who's super gifted in something like, uh, you know, a, uh, a worship leader who's really gifted. And they'll come up and you're like, man, they're, they're so good. And I wish I could do that or whatever. And they'll go, they'll come up to me and say, hey, man, I wish I could. I wish I could get up there and talk and you know, speak and, and teach like you do. And you're like, really? Like, I was just thinking, I wish I could do what you do. So common to look around and uh, see what other people have missing what we have. Um, and I know there are going to be people that hear this and they're, they're, their first reaction is be, well, I don't have like anything, like I don't have anything I'm good at or I do. And you and I at our age, Rob, man, we know everybody's gifted somewhere, right? Like we know that people have that. Some of them are undiscovered, um, but really having a desire to be somebody else or have their giftedness is coveting, but having, but there's a fine line. But if you, if you kind of turn that corner to man, my heart is that I would be able to serve God more. That's a whole different thing, right? Like I'd like to learn an instrument so that I could participate more in worship. That's a whole different thing than, well, that guy's more gifted than I am. I wish I was that guy. Because really what we're saying, at the, on whether it be the, the phone, the car, the job, the income, the spiritual gift or lack thereof, whatever it is, at the end of the day, coveting is saying, God, what you have blessed me with is not enough right? That I need more, right? And I am not content with what you've given me. On the other side of that, right? Psalm 73 says this, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart, sorry, my watch is talking to us. Thank you, Siri. Um, So so I'm going to start over because that was awkward. Psalm 73 verses 25 and 26, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So on the flip side of all of this, right? And that was God reminding me that I definitely don't need a new watch because uh, this one just interrupted just fine. Anyhow, on the other side of this, man, is this, this heartfelt, passionate desire to pursue God. My flesh and my heart may fail. There's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. That's the, you've been really good about this, Rob, to focus us on the positive pursuit, right? Not just don't covet, 
but what do I do, right? This is the what do I do, right? I don't long for the things of this world. I desire to live in this world as long as God keeps me here and do what God has called me to do while I'm here and love my family and, you know, do my job well to please Jesus. But uh, really, ultimately, satisfaction comes through Christ. Yeah, and I think for me, too, one of the things that I look at in this is not just looking at what I have and don't have, um, but being able to uh, rejoice and be excited for my neighbors when they have something, when something good comes That's their good. way. And I think that that focusing on the whole, you know, loving my neighbors and being able to rejoice with those who rejoice and even mourn with those who mourn and not think, oh, I'm glad I'm not going through that. But yeah. man, if I was going through that, how would I want someone to come alongside me? So when Rob Spencer, who's already got the best Jeep on the planet, gets more Jeep parts, like I should <laughs> celebrate that. That's what you're telling me. And and my little dinky Jeep is dwarfed by his. All right, man, I, I'm challenged, man. <laughs> I should celebrate when my neighbors um, get more. And, and you didn't say it that way, but I really should. That's really, that's really cool. Celebrate their, um, their success. Champion their enjoyment, right? And, I, and this is kind of assuming a few things that we're not championing, you know, them and their, you know, 25 girlfriends that they're not married to or whatever, or championing them being in debt. We're talking about when someone succeeds and is doing well, and it, it's a good godly pursuit or, you know, just a normal pursuit that just, we champion them. That's really cool. I like that. That's a, that's yeah. a challenge for me. I like yeah, it. Just thinking back to, I was talking about like the student who struggles to get the grade and the kid next to them gets a good mm -hmm. grade how difficult it is for that student to, to rejoice and say, wow, congratulations on the, the A plus, as opposed to focusing on their own B minus. So, yeah. yeah, but it does help us to, to love our neighbors. Um, moving on with this, I, I think, you know, it's real easy when we do start looking at, at our possessions and, and our blessings and, and even our spiritual gifts to think that we are somehow more in God's favor or gaining God's favor um, mm -hmm. if God gives us things. And if he doesn't, whether it's, you know, your, your job, your income, um, your car, whatever it happens to be, or even, um, you know, the, the, as a pastor, the size of your church and, and, and the size of the sure. budget and all those kind of things, you know, to think that, well, God must be blessing me. I must be doing something right. Or if I lose a job, man, God is punishing me. What do you, what do you have to say on that topic? Man, a few things. Um, I read a letter yesterday uh, from a pastor to a congregation, and um, it is a pastor of a church that I used to pastor. And uh, they are getting, this was, I pastored a long time ago. Uh, they are getting ready to disband their church. They've, they've uh, gone through a very, very, they were going through really hard times before coronavirus, and coronavirus is pretty much closing them. And uh, uh, for those of you guys listening, man, I don't know who all, who all listens and what you you know might be a part of if you hear this, but um, some churches have uh, have done well through coronavirus and have been able to adapt, and uh, some churches have really struggled. And uh, there are a lot of churches that are closing through this virus. And um, I read this letter that he had written to the congregation, and I see things very differently than the current pastor, and that's neither here nor there, I guess. But um, he was talking about that their financial ability is not there and that they are become such a small church that they can't sustain the property that they're in. And uh, he says, you know, it's, 
it's a lot easier when you're a church of several hundred. And he was kind of noting, really, the era that I pastored it. And um, when we were a larger church, multiple services, well, that's easy. And my, and my first reaction really was um, that, um, well, with more people and more budget requires more staff, there's more stuff to do. It's never, never feels easy, right? But I get his point. They're, they're no longer able to sustain the building and they're in. And so there, that is a level of covetousness. But the blessing and curse kind of idea um, is an important one for Christianity today um, because there's a false doctrine that is super, super prevalent right now in Christianity uh, called prosperity doctrine. And the idea behind prosperity doctrine is they kind of cherry pick some verses uh, that talk about God's blessing and cursing, kind of like what you're talking about. Um, and they say, really, that if God is pleased with you, if you're obedient, if you're, and this tends to, and you can see kind of the, the sin jump in, right? Uh, the false doctrine. Well, if you give more, well, then God's going to bless you, right? Well, so in other words, if you send me your money, God's going to bless you. And you can just see how that goes downhill, right? Um, there are some really prominent pastors. Joel Osteen gets into this. Uh, Creflo Dollar, oddly enough named Dollar, uh, is one of the worst. Joyce Meyer, very popular, very, very prosperity doctrine people. And uh, Creflo Dollar, outward, outright, man, like, hey, my G6 isn't good enough, man. I need a G7, you know, jet, blah, blah, blah. My Rolls Royce is two years old. I'm like legitimately flaunting their money and, and, and saying, listen, God wants this for you too. And okay, all right, so he's taking money from people and kind of manipulating them into money. That's bad enough. But where this really gets ugly is um, if you're sick. Uh, and we've had people say this too, you know, and most of you guys listening to this podcast probably know my wife's been chronically ill for about 18 years. And um, people have told my wife, oh, it's because you have sin in your life, especially in the first few years or whatever. Prosperity doctrine drifts into this area too, that if you are in sin and you're not repentant and uh, you, God will curse you and make you sick, things like that. Or if you're praying for healing and it doesn't come, you must not have faith, right? And so there's this prosperity doctrine, this idea that God wants you to be wealthy well, here and, and, and healthy, right? So uh, good health, a lot of money, lots of blessing. Just consider that for a minute and look at Jesus who had near nothing, right? Look at his, all his apostles, disciples, those that he sent out who were all beaten and persecuted and uh, look at Paul, probably the most famous New Testament leader second to Jesus, right? Maybe Peter, Paul, right? We're in there. But Paul, man, uh, struggled with his health, right? And we, most of us think that he had failing vision, things like that. Um, well, if that's the case, then did Paul lack faith because God didn't heal his eyesight? I mean, just play that out logically, and then people would never die. Not people of faith, <laughs> because you just pray and you had all this faith. So prosperity doctrine is a false belief that God wants you to be wealthy, wants you to be healthy, and, and all these things, rather than God wants you to be near to him and find all of your joy, enjoyment and satisfaction in him, whether you have much in this life or little, which actually echoes the words of Paul, whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, I find my contentment in Christ. Yeah, it's a great place to, to wrap this up is that our focus needs to be on Christ and the uh, abundance of spiritual blessings we have and the promises that we have. And then what we have here, um, 
whether it's a lot or whether it's a little, we can be content with and say, God, I trust you. You gave me what I need. And even more, I think we can all admit we have more than we need. Yeah. Um, help me to help me to love my neighbor well, help me to love my family well, and help me to be content in who you are and who you made me. And uh, as Jeff mentioned earlier, um, we are taking uh, this Lord's Day 44 and dividing it up into two separate um, podcasts. So next time we uh, next time we're here, which will be released next Tuesday, uh, we will do 44B and talk about um, can we follow the Ten Commandments? And, and if not, why are we striving to do so? So I want to thank you for listening to the Generations Church podcast. Uh, every Tuesday, we release a new guilt, grace, and gratitude episode, and we hope you will join us for the next one. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Jin Family Church.